Welcome to Become a Calm Mama. I am your host. My name is Darlene Childress, and I am a life and parenting coach. And today, I am going to help you manage when kids are sick. The flu season, cold season, we're sort of already in it, but it is just going to amplify. This episode is coming out in November. It's just a reality that kids get sick a lot. (laughs) I was doing some research for this podcast episode, and I came across this statistic that says that small children routinely get eight to 10 colds or viruses per year. That's nearly one per month. I want to start out by just normalizing. This is a reality that your children are going to have illnesses. They're going to get viruses. They're going to get colds. They're going to get flus. They're going to get diarrhea. They're going to have vomiting. You know, this is just a part of parenting. It is a hard part of parenting. It means a lot of disruption in your life. It's exhausting because often they don't, kids don't sleep well when they are sick. That keeps you awake. So you're tired. You might end up getting sick. There is something about, I think, just letting you know that this is part of it. It's normal. It's kind of like how I talk about big feeling cycles, how they happen. And that's just what kids have big feelings. They don't know what to do with them. And they come out through behavior. They come out through meltdowns and temper tantrums. And I think knowing that something is normal that something happens is going to be helpful to you. So I want you to kind of create the the understanding that that this is going to happen. Acknowledge that your kids are going to be homesick and it's not because you're not a good mom. It's not because you aren't feeding them right or you know, they're, you're not good at hand washing or whatever. Even perfection, even like the most perfect family rhythm, routine, good hand washing, all of the, you know, we got the vitamins and we got the spinach and we got, you know, all the right food and everything is like big span perfect, which is impossible anyway. But say you did it, your kids would still get colds. <laughs> so it's not your fault. And um, you're not powerless in how you handle it. You are powerless over the timing, like the timing isn't in your control, but how you manage illness is within your power, is within your control. So I want to give you some sort of, I guess, mindset strategies to help you just feel better about when your kids are sick. Like, how do you think about it? How are you supposed to feel about it? How do you get out of the frustration and overwhelm? What happens, I think, is... There's two parts that are so frustrating about having sick kids. One is the disruption. Say you had plans that day, right? Maybe you had to go to work. Maybe you have a big thing at at work that day. Or you have, you know, some sort of plan with, with friends or with family, or you were going to take your mom to the doctor. Like it's not, or you had a hair appointment or, you know, you are finally going to get that pap smear that you haven't had for like, you know, it's 18 months or whatever. And then now your kid's sick and it's just... So frustrating because your mind is like, now I'm not able to do that. I'm going to have to add that in my schedule again. And we just feel very frustrated by the disruption because we typically have plans for while our kids are at school, either work plans or personal life stuff, right? And our personal life is for them. Our work is still for them. So it's just frustrating. The second thing that's really hard about having your kids home sick is that it's just exhausting. They are so needy. 
one of my kids really didn't like having a fever and he would almost have a meltdown about his fever because he didn't understand what was happening to his body. And it, he, you know, cause he had sensory processing stuff. So it was just so overwhelming to soothe him and treat the fever, right? They're miserable and they so uncomfortable and they want support. They want solutions and you don't really have a solution. It is just illness. So being frustrated about the disappointment and being frustrated about what is in store for you isn't going to help you. (laughs) I want you to feel entitled to that frustration, but I don't want you to stay stuck there. Part of life coaching is really acknowledging our feelings, acknowledging our frustrations, and then doing some thought work or body work to get ourselves into a different state of mind and a different emotional experience. So this is some of the strategies I want to offer to you about how to shift, okay? So the first thing I want to talk about is that disruption thing, like that feeling of, oh my God, I have all, I had had this plan, now I'm not going to be able to do it. Maybe they're really sick and they're at home for two, three days and your mind's going to be like, I'm behind three days. I haven't been able to do all this stuff. You know, I'm, I'm so overwhelmed. I want you to think about your life. I've talked about this in the podcast before as a Ferris wheel. Every year in our town, they have this big, you know, carnival and there's this big, beautiful Ferris wheel and the baskets, the Ferris wheel baskets, you know, hold, you know, four or five people or whatever. While you're waiting your turn to get on the Ferris wheel, you notice that at the bottom, the Ferris wheel stops, the Ferris wheel stops and allows people to get on it. And, you know, you're waiting your turn, you get on. And then you move a little bit and then the next group gets on, right? Their bu- their basket gets filled and then the Ferris wheel moves again. And now slowly you're at the top of the Ferris wheel and there's still people, you're paused because people at the bottom are getting on and off. So there's periods of time on the Ferris wheel where you're not really moving very much and there's something at the top, right? There's a, there's a group at the top and they're like, woo, I get to see the whole view. This is amazing, right? And they have kind of the best of the Ferris wheel experience. Now, once they've loaded it and, and it's all loaded up, there's a period of time where the Ferris wheel is just kind of moving and everybody gets a chance, equal top, equal chance to be at the top. It's just like the Ferris wheel is flowing. And then, you know, it goes a couple times around. I don't know how many revolutions, then it stops. And then it's like that whole uh, 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 getting off and you have your t- time at the top and then you wait till you're at the bottom again. This analogy is really how life is. There are periods of time where your Ferris wheel is moving and in each bucket, there's your mental health, there's your physical health, there's your kids, you know, social life, sports, your hobbies, work, your parents, you know, your extended family, their needs. You have all of these different buckets in your life and when things are flowing Everything kind of has its place and it goes to the top of the Ferris wheel and you deal with it and everything moves really beautifully. If you saw my hand, you would see it's like I'm just kind of flowing my hand in a circle. I love when life is flowing like that. It's just like everything is kind of managed and everything gets taken care of. There are periods of time that are like that. But there are periods of time where the Ferris wheel is stopped and only the things at the top are being addressed. And so when your kids are sick, you aren't going to be able to take care of all of the Ferris wheel. It's not spinning. It is paused. It is stopped. And your kid's health is at the top. 
And then your health is like the bu- the basket next to that one. And then maybe like keeping your house clean or something or like keeping food on the table or whatever is, is like kind of that home management piece. That's it. Maybe you can get to like the sides, but you're not going to get to the bottom stuff at the time, right? You get to adjust your priorities when your kids are sick. Now, if you are sick, then it's it's really difficult because you and your kids' priority are different. You need to take care of yourself and you need to take care of them. That's really challenging. Those are the days when we need someone, if we have someone in our life, we need to ask, hey, mom, hey, aunt, hey, sister, hey, husband or, or wife or whoever, I need you to come to my house and take care of me and risk being sick because I'm, I'm out of my league. So that's when you get someone else to come in and help take care of your Ferris wheel. Adjusting your priorities will help you. And the way I do that personally is I remember that the, at the bottom of the Ferris wheel, the things that I'm not getting to at the time, that they're down there and I can trust myself. I can trust that once that Ferris wheel gets going, boop, I'm going to start back in and I will put those things back at the priority list. I will adjust my priorities again and do a little catch up and take care of work or running those errands or whatever it was that I was going to do. So yes, when your kids are sick, you are going to need to adjust your priorities for a period of time. It's not forever. It's just during that, you know, week or so, you know, three days, hopefully that they are home from school. Now, Besides adjusting your priorities, I also want you to lower your standards. So you have beautiful, hopefully, rhythms and routines and things that are important to you. You eat well, you get their, their, your kids sleep is a priority. You know, you make sure they don't have too much screen time, that they go outside, they move their bodies, they have time with their friends, they do their schoolwork, right? You're good moms, okay? You take care of a lot of things. And there are times when you can't take care of all those things. You have to lower your standard. If your kid is, is so overwhelmed with their illness that they want to sleep with you and you're like, oh, I can't because otherwise they're going to get used to sleeping with me and it's going to be so terrible. I'm going to have to retrain them. And da, da, da. Okay, you can handle that. You can handle letting them sleep with you for a couple of weeks or you sleeping in their you know little toddler bed or whatever. <laughs> you know, Hopefully they have a regular size bed or you bring in an, you know, an air mattress or something and you sleep in their room with them. You're not spoiling them. You're not ruining them. You're not going to have to like, you know, uh, like, yeah, you're not spoiling them. People think that like, oh, they're going to get used to it and they're always going to want me to sleep in here. It's like, no, they know they're ill. They need support. And when the illness is over, you can set a boundary. I'm happy to do this. Once you're sick, you're well, you can handle sleeping in your room. Yes, you might have a couple of nights of regression, but you can handle that. Same with screen time. You have your screen time rules. Wonderful, beautiful. But when your kid is sick or you're sick, come on. It's okay. It's okay if they watch Daniel the Tiger all day long or whatever it is, you know, Bluey or whatever they're into right now. So you can do that. Now, I have this one client whose kids really like to watch YouTube. They like to watch Mr. Beast or something like that. And I watched it and, you know, it's like, you know, they're like, I don't think this is great. Okay. You don't have to let them watch stuff that you don't think is good. Like you can limit it. You can say you can, 
use this iPad as long as you're not on YouTube, right? You can be using it on Netflix. You can set boundaries, but I just don't want you to get worried about, oh my God, I'm ruining their brain. They watch TV for three days. They're destroyed. Uh, no, they're fine. Same with food. If your child has an upset stomach and all they want to eat is banana bread or whatever, just give it to them. Don't worry about vegetables. It's really okay. So when you lower your standards, lower your standards around how your house looks. One of my clients just had a baby. She's like, oh my God, my house is a disaster. <laughs> She's like, but it's fine. It's like, yeah, because she knows that it's temporary. It's not forever. She's just going to let things flow and be okay with how it is because it's not an unusual, it's not a usual circumstance. Okay. So I want you to adjust your priorities. I want you to lower your standards. And then um, I want you to be able to rest while they rest. So if your kid is sick, the first cup, the first day or two is great because they kind of nap a lot, right? And I always liked it because my boys would be a little bit gooey that those days and they would like want to cur- curl up and, and, you know, lean against me and things like that. And I didn't really get that. They were very active boys. They didn't like to cuddle that much. So I kind of liked it and it was nice. Um, but I think there's this tendency like, oh my God, they're napping. So I should probably go get everything done or whatever. And it's like, no. Rest too. Like you're, you're working. Okay. Taking care of a sick person is work. It's, it's not easy. And so you get to rest while they're resting. Plus you don't want to get sick, right? You want to have patience later. And that means getting, taking time to like, I don't know, nap, rest, chill out while they're sleeping. Now, if you need to do a couple of things, like just to make yourself feel better, that makes sense. Um, I don't, what I want, what I want to avoid here is you dumping all of your frustration or your fatigue onto your kid, right? So your job while your kids are sick is working extra hard at regulating your own nervous system, regulating your own stress response. Because like compassion fatigue, it is real. I'm like real nice to my husband if he's sick, like day one and day two. But like day three, I'm like, you know what? You're fine. Get up. I'm not bringing you stuff. Like I I, I burn out on it. And I burn out on it with my kids too. I have to work hard at, you know, taking care of myself so that I have the capacity to continue to show up for them. Resting is part of that, but also regulating your nervous system. And if you remember, we regulate our nervous system through the three R's, rhythm, reward, and relationship. Rhythm is about our body, about movement. If your kids are sick, go ahead and take care of your body a little bit. Do some stretching. Do a little dance party. Turn on some music. Do some flow uh, like in your body, you know, jump up and down if you need to. Get some energy. Move it up. Move it out. Do a little workout video, whatever, because it will help you first doing some exercise does keep your immune system up so you won't get sick, but also it just moves some of that energy out of your body. Emotion, right? Energy and motion. We need to put it somewhere. Relationship is really important. So venting to your partner, venting to your, uh, your, your mamas, you know, that you're in a friendship with, talking to them, talking to your sister, talking to your parents, whoever it is that is in your support group. If you're in my Calm Mama Club, like go into the group and say like, oh my God, my kid is sick again. I'm so annoyed and everyone will just love on you, right? 
getting that support, calling a friend and connecting with people. That's so we have rhythm, we have a relationship and then reward, getting a little dopamine hit can help regulate your nervous system. As much as I'm saying, lower your standards and adjust your priorities. If you need to like tidy up a little bit, I want you to do it with intention. Like, oh, this is going to calm me down. I don't want you to do it from guilt or from responsibility or from fear that your partner's going to be mad at you or something. It's like, no, no, this is going to feel good. I'm going to tidy up. I'm going to do this little laundry and then I'm going to feel really good about it. Like, I want you to go into those tasks with the intention of like, mm, this is going to give me a little checkbox pop. Like, woo, yay. Okay. Mm. <laughs> All right. The last tip I have for you is to get a break. If, if you can. So like if you're partnered, I want you to let your partner know, hey, this kid is homesick today. And when you get home, I am going to want your support. I am going to take a break. I'm going to go take a shower. I'm going to go lay down for a few minutes. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to go get dessert with my friend. We're meeting up and we're going to eat pie or whatever. You don't want to get a coffee at night, but like, you know, get some sort of sweet treat or whatever. And so you can just say, I'm making plans for tonight. You're on duty. Oh, but I'm so tired. I've been at work all day. Yeah, me too. I have also been at work. It's called nursing. (laughs) It's like a legitimate career and job for some people, right? So it's real. And we need to let our partner know if we have a partner, this is a tax on me. This is a hard day for me and I want your support. Being clear and communicating that is important and then actually following through and doing it. I think moms especially, especially stay-at-home moms, we think it's our our job or our role that we have to be on duty all the time if our kids are awake or whatever and it's like um no, you have they have another p- parent hopefully. So if they do, that person needs to tap in. It is their job to take care of their child too. Yeah? So but we have to ask and that is sometimes awkward and create conflict. And your partner might say no, okay? And that that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> that's a different that's a different podcast episode. But it is important that you not say no for them, that you invite them to partner with you, that you invite your partner to um to participate in parenting. So, do it. Ask them. Talk to them about it. And all right, I want to get into some activities. Well, first, I actually wanted to do something um, called pre-planning. Okay, so you know, I've said, hey, your kids are going to get sick like 10 times a year. (laughs) Crazy amount of time. And my suggestion is to have a little sick day kit. Okay, this might re- this might be a little too Pinteresty or like you know Instagram mama stuff, and if you don't like it, that's fine. I actually don't mean it to be cute. I mean it to be practical. I'm a very very practical person, and I like knowing how to solve a problem. I like having a plan for it. That's just the way my brain works, and because my brain works that way, I'm offering a little bit of how my brain works to you. And giving you this idea of creating like a sick day kit. So what was what is that, right? It requires a little bit of planning, but throwing together a, a box or a basket or something like that, or like a you know, a plastic tote or whatever that you keep separate. You keep it in your closet, you keep it someplace else. It's not where the kids can have it all the time. And in it is stuff that you are gonna need on a sick day. 
So let me tell you some of the things that you might want to put in your sick day kit. New coloring or activity books. Just having a couple of like kind of my kids loved maze books for a while. They were obsessed with mazes. They were obsessed with dot to dot. They were obsessed with airplane, you know, making paper airplanes for a while. Uh, Some coloring, but not usually. They liked activity books, but you know, everybody's different. So having some kind of book like that or a sticker book where, you know, I remember we had like Lego sticker books. We had um, like, I don't know, airplane sticker books. You know, you take like the airplane and you match it to the little place where it's, you know, the outline, whatever, you know what I'm talking about. So you can have a couple of activity books, sticker books, um, maybe a new stuffed animal in there, possibly a puzzle or a little craft kit. Uh, I was recently thinking about shrinky dinks and how those are kind of fun and they're easy. You color on them and then you put them in the oven and then you have like a little, you know, keychain or something. So that might be kind of an unusual crafty type thing you have in there. Uh, a new Play-Doh set. Play-Doh is so hard. Like it gets, you know, like literally gets hard and also gets all smushed and mixed colors. So if you had a little Play-Doh kit, you know, a couple fresh colors, that's always fun. Uh, so having kind of some activities in there and then having a, a box of Kleenex, possibly having, a, you know, like throat lozenges or if they're older, if, they're, if they can't have a lozenge yet because it's a choke hazard, I think they have like sore throat lollipops or whatever. And so you want to have some of those on hand, having Tylenol. Uh, if you use medicine, like if you use children's Tylenol or, or any of those products, having that on hand, having your humidifier, you know, just having one and then that way you're set up. Humidifiers are really helpful. Um, we always also had a throw up bucket, not to be too gross, but we, um, we still have it. And like, it's just a special trash can. It's a certain size. It stays in one of the bathrooms under the sink. And when everyone and anyone is sick, we get the throw up bucket and we put it next to their, um, their bed and it has a bunch of plastic bags underneath. So we can just easily clean up barf. <laughs> I know. So gross. Sorry. Um, but it's handy and it's funny because if it's out, someone, you know, the other rest of them's like, oh, are you sick? Because we see the throw up bucket. Anyway, okay, I won't talk about it anymore. But anyway, having items like that. Also, maybe you put in a couple little special snacks that like, you know, you hardly ever get. So those are in there, maybe like sweet cereal or something like that. I don't know. Um, So that's in that little sick day kit. Bath bubbles and a bath bomb, you know, that's already prepped in there. And then I was actually thinking of like a special water cup or water bottle that only comes up, only comes out during sick days and it, you know, as a straw or whatever. And that way, you know, that that's their, uh, like their thing they're drinking from. So no one else gets sick. Um, and you can even personalize it, something like that. All right. So you have a sick day kit, you have your medicine on hand, and then that's pre-planning. Then also having a sick day plan where you have a, a, like a conversation if you partner with someone of like, who's going to take care of the kids? If it's the default parent, how many days is that person expected to take care of the kid? So if you tap out after like two days, you're like, nope, day three, you need to take that day off work, man, or lady or whoever. Like if the default parent has only a certain capacity, talking about that with your other co-parent saying, I can handle sick days for two days and then you need to t- tap in. So really having a conversation about it. 
Um, or if you've already taken time off work, maybe you, you handled the last cold when that cold is over saying to your partner, you're, you're, you need to be on this next one. You need to tell your bosses that you might need to pay taking some days off. So if you both work it, it, I understand that it can't be um, equal, but there should be some sort of balance to it where it feels um, respectful of of both parties, both people. If you are partnered, if you're not partnered or, um, or you're partnered with someone who can't take time off, maybe they travel or for whatever reason, it's just not in that, in their, you know, in their uh, capability then you probably need to start thinking outside the box, thinking if there's any neighbors on hand that might be willing to take your kid for, you know, to come over while there's napping or something like that so that you could run to the store or so you could take a shower. Um, finding out about babysitters. Maybe you have a night babysitter who's a college student. You could say, hey, I, would you ever be willing to work during the day in case there was a sick day? Now, obviously, the person who's, helping you is going to be taking the risk that they might get sick too. So, you know, they might be like, no, I don't want to. But then I don't know. Some people don't care. I personally don't care. I would take care of someone's sick child if I could. Um, so you want to like figure out what your backup plans are, talk with your partner and just, just talk about it. Cause it's like a real thing that happens. You do that for soccer like, hey, who's to going to the game this weekend? Who's driving here? Who's taking them here? Whatever the conversations, you do do this. So doing it around illness is a good idea. Then about work, really talking about um, with your colleagues at work, you know, just letting know, hey, I've got little kids or I've got kids under 10. They cannot stay home by themselves and when they're sick. And so we need to have either a tele telework plan, you know, working from home or, you know, uh, just be prepared that some days I'm not going to be able to come in. I'm going to have to stay home and, and talk about it with your, with your bosses and see what they say. Just talk. And, or if you, like for me, I have clients, right? So, um, I need to let them know I'm not available because, you know, now I can, cause my kids are old enough, but when I, they were younger, yeah, I had to like, not do stuff that I had planned. And that's okay. It's okay to take care of your kids and yourself if you're sick. And okay, so activities, these are just, I'm going to roll, like, you know, kind of roll these out because I think they're, they're fun and we'll also put them in the show notes. But here are some activities of things you can do while your kids are sick that aren't exhausting for you. You can make a pillow fort. That is a very fun thing to do when your kids are sick because then it gives them a safe little place to rest and they're not in their room and maybe they're near you and um, it kind of kills time and then they like they like it. They might stay in there longer, bring books, bring stuffed animals in there. Um, so pillow fort's good. Having bath time, you could do two, three baths a day. Why not? <laughs> Does, if they want to, go ahead. Put them in the bath. Let them, you know, heal, put some essential oils in there. Light some candles, do little bath bubbles or bath bomb. Uh, that's a good way to, something to do. You can do a tea party, especially if you have someone with a cold and they don't really want to eat or drink tea. Having a little tea party is fun. Doing a very simple craft, like I said, the shrinky dinks or something like that. Making Play-Doh, I didn't do that, but some people like doing stuff like that. Um, 
watching a movie together. So turning on a cartoon movie or a movie, you know, an older movie that you've always wanted to show them or that they really love and just curling up and watching it with them. That way you're resting and you're cuddling and things like that. Doing breakfast or lunch or dinner in bed, playing a board game or playing cards. Cards are easy because they don't take a lot of space. You can do them on the bed. Uh, FaceTiming relatives. So that's a good way to kill some time. Just, you know, hey, talk to talk to grandpa. I'm going to take a shower or whatever. Um, sitting outside if the weather is okay and just laying, resting on a blanket, just getting some fresh air, um, going, going outside and sitting under a tree, something like that. Only obviously if the weather is okay for that, or just looking out the window. It's really interesting what, what might happen in front of your house that your kids don't know about because they're usually at school during the day. So looking out the window, looking for birds, looking at clouds, looking how the wind moves. Um, if it's raining or snowing, looking at that. Um, things like that, counting the number of cars that drive by, uh, going on a walk, uh, if they, if they can, or just putting them in a stroller. I mean, even like seven or eight year old can st- still kind of fit in there if you still have it and just be like, you know what? You're really sick. Let's just go get some fresh air. I'm gonna put you in the stroller. And that way you can move your body a little. And then, um, I think that was the only one I had, uh, the, uh, yeah, that was all of them. So just some activities to think about when you your kids are sick, just some ideas. And the last thing I wanted to talk about is the last day of illness. Okay, so like, oh, this is, it's the worst day because they're too sick to go to school. Like, you know, they can't quite handle school that day. They're still a little bit snotty or... They're still a little bit tired. You know, they didn't get enough sleep the night before, but they're not sick enough to rest all day. This is the worst day. It's like the first day or two, they're all gooey and sleepy and they, you know, they're, they're sick. But then the last day you're like, oh my God, you could have gone to school today, (laughs) but you kind of know they couldn't. So anyway, what do you do that day? Those days you're going to want to maybe your brain is going to be like, who cares? Just let them watch TV all day. But then they get wild, right? So you know, you can't have them in front of the TV all day because they get crazy. So what are you supposed to do? This is the day that you go for a walk. This is the day that you go to the park for a little while, even though all the preschoolers are there, it's fine. You run some errands. You, this is the day they start to do their catch up work. Right? If they've missed a couple of days of, of classwork, this is the day they do some of their schoolwork. You can set a limit. Hey, you can watch TV for an hour after you have done your makeup packet. So this is kind of when the illness has gone on a couple of days, but they're still home that day. It's like kind of acting as if that it's a normal day is my recommendation. Like a normal Saturday, how you would handle it. You wouldn't do TV all day. You would kind of like, have there be a rhythm to the day. So getting back to that rhythm and back to those routines and those limits. Um, and then also celebrating because deep down in your heart, you know, they're going to school the next day and you're almost done. <laughs> um, all right. I hope this was helpful. One of my clients asked me to do this episode and I, I thought it was fun to give you some tips and um, some mindset tools to just prepare for the winter as we head into the winter season and all of the the gooey, you know, colds and 
coughs and all the stuff that comes with the winter. And hopefully you can just listen to this episode when it comes up for you and get some good ideas of how to calm your mindset, calm your, calm your frustration, take really good care of yourself and, you know, show up with some energy with your kids and make it kind of a, a fun little sick day for them instead of a day where you're just like, oh, why are you sick again? <laughs> um, I promise that someday your kids will get grown, grown, bigger. They won't be as sick as often. Their immune systems do get stronger and they also can kind of manage themselves. And it's not as like, they're not right on top of your body as they get a little older, which is nice too. But you will miss it, as they say. Um, okay, mamas, I hope you have a great week that you don't feel ill. And your task this week is to put together a sick kid toolkit, a sick kid kit. And um, yeah, that's your that's your task. Okay. I hope you have a great week and I will talk to you next week.